Vera Payne. It's no secret that live streaming has exploded in popularity in recent years, but it's also important to remember that it's still a relatively new form of media. As such, it has evolved rapidly and changed a lot over the past decade. Well, Senior Product Manager of Wirecast, Lynn Elliott, joins me to speak about all things streaming. Thanks for joining me, Lynn. Thanks. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Can you explain to me how streaming works and try to use the layman's terms? Yes, sure. So live streaming is really, or the term streaming means the continuous transmission of video or audio from a host to a client. So this kind of works by breaking up the data into little bits known as packets, and you transmit those packets across the internet. So each packet is independently addressed and traveled separately. So imagine like if you were trying to send a textbook to a friend, you would take out a page and send it and take out another page and send it. And these all might arrive at different times, but when it comes to streaming over the internet, users or viewers like you and I would use a player to kind of assemble all of those pages together in the right order and then be able to watch that or in this case in the textbook, read that as a continuous piece of media. And so the internet has made this all possible by the bandwidth that we have today is greatly improved over the past, you know, 20 years. And so you're able to send more and more higher and higher quality bits of data over the internet. So then you can watch that as, as it's live. So then there's, you know, the differentiation between watching something like from Netflix, that is your you're technically you're streaming something it's typically not live it's something that's stored on a server somewhere and you're getting those bits across the internet in their packets and watching that stored media on your player which happens to be your tv or your ipad or wherever you watch it and then as compared to what we call live streaming which is a live event that's being streamed as it's happening live. The streaming is technically happening in the same way. It's being encoded and sent as bits across the internet so that a player on the other end can assemble those bits and you can watch them. Now, I wanted to focus on the live streaming portion of this. What is a proper setup for that? I mean, could you just use your cell phone? Oh, yeah, sure. Lots of people use their cell phones and you can... You know, use an app like Facebook, and Facebook has a feature called Facebook Live. You can you can click on that, and that gives you everything you need to stream live to Facebook. So typically what you need is a camera and audio, and then you need internet, of course, and then you need some sort of encoding software to take that camera and audio data, encode it into these packets, and send it across the internet to a place where somebody else can watch it. And so, yeah, you can you can use something like that, the Facebook app, which has everything included. It, it accesses your phone, camera, and microphone. It's got the encoding software built into it, which encodes and sends to Facebook. But if you wanted something more than that, you you would then need to kind of assemble those bits together. So you'd need to have a camera and a microphone of your own that you would need to pull into a 
computer usually you can you know use a laptop or whatever kind of computer you have and then you'd need some sort of encoding software to be able to take that data from your camera and microphone assemble that and encode it out just like the Facebook app does to your destination of choice whether that be Facebook or some other live streaming server so it's kind of it runs the gamut. You can really go very simple with just your phone and stream live to, you know, Facebook or YouTube, or you can get more professional looking and, you know, add in other production features, which that Facebook app might not allow you to do by assembling something yourself and doing it on a computer. Now, when it comes to internet speed, does it really matter for streaming? I know when you use your cell phone, you're just kind of using whatever service you have, but does it matter? Yeah, it definitely matters. And so when it comes to internet, there's two parts to it. So when you're watching something, if I'm watching a net, you know, Netflix over my internet, that is, I'm taking bits and I'm bringing them down the internet and I'm watching, I'm consuming them. And that's considered your download rate. When you want to create something and share it over the internet, then what matters in that case is called upload rate. So you want to, if you're looking at what your internet speed is and you want to stream, you want to pay close attention to what your upload speed is because that's what's going to matter the most when it comes to streaming. And so depending on the quality of what you want to stream, the resolution and what you're streaming, you know, if, if it's high action, you might want more data than if it's just a two-person interview with not a lot of movement in your video, you might not need as much data. And depending on that is going to determine what the upload speed that you need is. So I can give an example. If you wanted to stream, say, a you know, 1920 by 1080 resolution, which is typically considered high definition at this point, interview, say at 30 frames per second, then YouTube would recommend that you have 4.5 megabits per pixel data rate for that. So your data rate for that video or for that stream would be 4.5 megabits, megabits per second. But when you're considering your upload speed that you need to be able to transmit that 4.5, you have to account for some fluctuations. So it's not that data rate is not gonna stay constant generally, and you need to account for some spikes. And so you want to have at least 50%, if not double, the amount of upload bit rate, upload rate that you would want for your, or that you would need for your, your video, for your stream. So in this example, the YouTube recommends 4.5 megabits per second. So you'd probably want around seven to nine megabits per second upload speed for your internet to be able to handle that. So that's where all the jokes where you'll say like, mom, get off the internet. (laughs) I need more, I need more speed. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. There's a lot of things you can do to, to help increase your upload speed or, or reduce the load on your internet. Like you probably don't want to use a wireless connection if you're streaming, just because that can fluctuate a lot. So you'd probably want to wire your connection. Yeah, and if you have a bunch of different devices on your network, you, you'd probably want to 
take those off if you if you want to stream if you want to increase your upload speed or increase your your bandwidth so yeah and close excess programs don't let people you know be playing games on the same network that you're trying to stream on <laughs> now i i know a lot of people who post on tiktok instagram and it's it's for a lot of like i call it the the for the ego but what are the perks for live streaming content if you're a business one of the things that came out in the pandemic, you know, is that suddenly people couldn't attend live events. And so corporations and companies had to find ways to connect with people in, you know, over the internet or, or remotely. And so, and I think one of the things that has come from that, even though we're starting to open up now, is people realize, wow, I can reach a much, much larger audience if I don't have to have them physically in house, you know, or, or on the premises through live streaming. Live streaming has become very important for a lot of houses of worship and churches for this very reason is suddenly they can expand their potential audience across the entire nation instead of just in their little towns. And they're finding new ways of reaching people. And the same thing with corporations you can and companies, you can do some marketing events and reach people in new ways that you were never able to do before. And also our company is an example of this is we do a monthly live streamed meeting across our entire company. It's an internally focused meeting, but it's live streamed and we're able to bring in questions from all over the company. And, you know, this is something that had we not had live streaming, we would not be able to do. Now, when it comes to streaming, most people lean towards Zoom or Google Meet. Why do you think they would they should use your product instead? So the difference between Google and Zoom and Wirecast is one of kind of production value. So Google and Zoom are great for conferences. You know, bring in 20, 30, 100 people into a conference and you can see people, you can ask questions, there's lots of interaction. That's what those programs are made for. Zoom, you know, in the case of Zoom, you can also live stream that. But the live stream is going to be a live streaming of that meeting, whereas Wirecast is a live streaming production tool. So if you wanted to make a production look like a CNN broadcast, for example, or you know something that you would see on TV where you have the lower third titles, you might be switching between different camera angles. Maybe you have a, a roll in video at the beginning that kind of introduces your show. You might want to play media in the middle or, you know, sh do some chroma keying out of a, a certain guest. That's where Wirecast would come in because you've got these production tools built in. And when you're ready to stream, you can stream to multiple destinations at the same time. So I could go to, from Wirecast, I can go to YouTube and Facebook and Twitter if I wanted to, and I can record at the same time. And I can also record isolated feeds. So if I had a camera coming in, I can record that as, as a feed, as a clean feed. So no, whether that's live or not in my show, so that after the fact, I can take those isolated feeds and use them in my post-production workflow. I can create a video and maybe cut some extra clips from it that weren't on my live show. So there's a lot of different kind of production and post-production elements to 
Wirecast that you don't get if you're just using a Zoom call, for example. Now, going to the individual, most people who live stream, I want to say they use their cell phones. It's just more accessible. It's readily there. The next group of people would be gamers and not just gamers, maybe like even like the vloggers, but they would use Twitch, YouTube, Facebook, and most of the time they use OBS. It's free. Why do you think that some people should give up on OBS and go to Wirecast instead? Well, I mean, OBS is a great open source software. And there are a lot of people who that's a perfectly great solution for. Some people don't want a don't want to use open source. You know, there's there's some risk to that. We have a professional support team that you can call or email and get answers to your questions. So a lot of people who are making money from their videos, they don't want to rely on, you know, forums or, you know, open source software, they want to be able to get on the phone or get on the email and contact somebody if they have questions. So that's one big perk of using something like Wirecast, where you have a company that backs up their product and and is available to help. There's also an element of ease of use and kind of user interface. I'm going to back up for a second there. There's also an element of ease of use with Wirecast that I have heard from many users is not available on OBS. OBS exposes a lot of settings and a lot of technical details about live streaming in their software, which is great. However, if you don't know much about video or streaming, that can be overwhelming. What we try to do with Wirecast is we put a lot of that technical detail under the hood so that when you hook up your cameras, when you hook up things and, and fire up Wirecast, you're not having to set every little thing. We make we make choices for you based on best practices for live streaming so that you don't have to be a live streaming engineer to be able to set up everything. We're very intentional about our keeping that easy to use for users. So there's also that element of ease of use and kind of being able to kind of get get going quickly with Wirecast that may not be there with something like OBS. Now, recently, Wirecast 15 was released. Could you tell me some of the updates that we'll see? Yeah, sure. Yeah, we released Wirecast 15 about a month ago. We're really excited. It was one of our largest, most comprehensive releases ever. So there were hundreds and hundreds of improvements and fixes in there. So one of the things that we did was we did a whole performance sweep with Wirecast 15. So we went in and made lots of little teeny fixes here and there that improved the efficiency of the software on your hardware. So whether you're using Mac or PC or Windows, you'll see a marked improvement in performance on your hardware with Wirecast 15 over previous versions and over the competition, in my opinion. We also added social media comment moderation. So one of the greatest things about live streaming is that you get to interact live with an audience that is watching you live. And so over Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter, you can now pull in those comments that people are making on your live broadcast really easily into one moderation window and then display those live on your live stream so that you can interact with them during your live stream and display their comments. 
We also added improved our 4K support. So as we get more and more 4K cameras out in the market, it became more important for us to be able to deal with that in a really efficient way. So those performance improvements that I talked about earlier that contributed to this, and we also made some improvements to the way we handle 4K media being played in Wirecast. And so we're ready for any, you know, for the improvements of 4K to be streamed out as well. Another example of new feature that we added was something what we call music mode, which is in our rendezvous conferencing system. So we have a built-in conferencing system in Wirecast called Rendezvous. And we've added a music mode, which enables guests on a rendezvous call to play musical instruments. And it removes all the noise cancellation and processing. It improves the quality of the audio and makes it stereo so that musical instruments sound really crystal clear. And this is great for any sort of performance or music performances that you want to have with a remote guest. In addition to that, we, like I said, we've made hundreds of other fixes and improvements. This is just an example of four of the big ones that our people are really excited about. Well, Lynn, thank you so much for joining me. I really appreciate you being here. And for those listening, where can they find more information about Wirecast? You can go to www.telestream.net and slash Wirecast. Wirecast live streaming software is a product of Telestream. And you can go to our website and download a free trial. It's fully functional. It has watermark on it, but it's fully functional. And test it out and see how it works for you. This has been the Mason Vera Payne Show. Thanks for listening. 